This show is brought to you by ERN Entertainment right now. Welcome back to Street Rod and Custom Radio. I have a special guest, and I love talking to old school guys. And I don't mean anything disrespectful when I say old school. But Randy Lipscomb, and Randy is a legend guy in, in the drag racing car show world. He's based at Akron, Ohio. And uh, we have a special event coming up on Father's Day, June 19th, at the Akron Fulton Airport. And Randy, thank you for stopping by the show on the phone. And, uh, and just explain to me... For especially for the younger listeners, I don't think they realized how important airports were for the birth of drag racing here in the U.S. of A. Oh, you know, well, first off, drag racing was was kind of they they owned it in, in Southern California, and then it moved into the Great Plains and so forth. And and there wasn't other than uh, on the street, there wasn't a whole lot for us to do east of the Mississippi, other than break the law. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So we had a group of young of young men. They it was a it was a car club called the Cam Jammers. They went to a fellow named Odie Smith that had a speed shop in Akron. He's older, and they said, "Odie, we want to we want to race legally. Some can you help us help us along?" And he went to the guy that managed the Akron Municipal Airport. Called his name was Shorty Fulton. And that airport is named after him, Fulton Airport. Right. Shorty wasn't 6'10". He was actually short. Or... <laughs> he was a little guy. Okay. Right. You never know about that nickname. <laughs> but Shorty was always interested in making money. Uh-huh. And uh, he saw an opportunity. He, they, they raced on, on a little narrow road that actually runs right in front of the world-renowned All-American Soapbox Derby here in Akron. Okay. The little two-lane road. With gravel uh, on the side, two lanes went uh, up a hill and twisted and went down the hill. And man, these guys were racing. They they got sanctioned in 1951. Oh man, they were racing. Lucky the 39 Fords were small back then. Oh, and they had no. There was no such thing as safety safari. No, no. I mean, they no. Had that was goggles. open. That was called a closed or open casket. You got it, yeah. buddy. <laughs> and the, some of these cars, uh, well, a lot of these cars, you know, only had, well, for sure they only had drum brakes, and a good part of them only had rear drum brakes. Oh, my goodness. And uh, they, so they got started. Uh, uh, they got together with Shorty. They started racing. Two very famous people from Akron saw this big crowd one Sunday at the airport. They were in the surplus our war surplus business. They were buying airplane engines and so forth. They looked at this and they said, hey, we could do this. Uh-huh. Their names, by the way, were Walt and Art Arfons, the oh. Green Monster guy. Right. Okay. Okay. They said, hey, we could do this. All right. So they went to their grit mill and put together something built on a truck frame, dual axle, only rear, rear, uh, rear drums. And the first time out, it failed miserably. I think it had a Buick engine in it. Right. They said, we can do better. Let's strap one of our Allison airplane engines on this truck frame. Okay. They painted it uh, uh, John Deere green, because that's what they had on the farm. Took it back out to the airport soon after that. The announcer says, okay, our friends, get that green monster up here. <laughs> and hence the name Green Monster stuck. Well, how fast did it go? 
that that thing went over 100 mile an hour, which was huge. Fact, 1959, when the NHRA uh, 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 championships were run in Detroit, it set the track record. I think 240 mile an hour. Now, the, but that that early invention only rear drum brakes, no parachute. Oh boy. <laughs> Those guys were nuts. You'll they burn them. You'll crazy. burn a. You'll burn burn a. Uh, <laughs> you'll burn a brake shoes right down to the. Oh, I bet they were glowing redder oh. than a fire poker. Well, they they went up. They went down the track, up the hill, around the corner, down the road, into the main road <laughs> before they got stopped. And then lots of times in his career, he ended up in corn patches. So in wait, you're, you're kind of losing me though. So how did the airport? Key? They they were on the air air the well, landing okay, strip. Let me take it back. Uh, once once a month, they were able to go out on the runway okay. and, and race as sanctioned NHRA. The rest of the time, they raced on the other four weeks or three weeks, they raced on this little road right next to the airport. Okay. All right. When, oh, we, when we get back, hold that thought because I want to know if you know any inside stories. On, because back then, I just remember even back when I was a little guy in the 70s, if someone didn't like something, they said they didn't believe in it. And to get someone to change their old stubborn mind, let alone some airport owner, let you guys go out there and do huge monster burnouts, tear up the runway. I got to hear all this, but we got to take a break. When we come back, I'll have more with Randy. And uh, I can't wait to pick his brain. This time's flying. So uh, you're tuned in Street Rod and Custom Radio with your host, Dan Boots Longinette. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. This show is presented in part by Bridgestone. We're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. We'll be right back. 